Hello and good day everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers podcast. On this podcast we talk all about the Pioneer format and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host Kevin Finkel, joined here with my co-host and a special guest. Hey everybody, it's Ryan the Cardboard Samurai from the Tokyo area of Japan and special guest. Hello everyone, it's Harry13, your regular go-to Pioneer Grinder. Welcome, Harry. Welcome back to the show. I don't think we've had you on since uh, Dominaria has dropped, have we? Yeah, no, it's been a little while. Been a little while, but I'm glad glad to be back. It's always it's always fun being on the show with you guys. So mm. uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about the topic we're going to discuss today. Uh, I am too, Ryan. You're the ideas guy. You want to introduce us with this topic? Yeah. So if if our listeners remember, we had Martin on a couple weeks back, maybe a couple months back, to talk about uh, your deck sucks. You know, we talked about, you know, <laughs> decks that are just kind of like, you know, bad and, you know, like you shouldn't be playing them, that sort of thing. And, you know, I, channeling that episode, I thought, you know what, there's a lot of cards that people play in their decks that, you know, just aren't good. You know, they're just playing it because they have to. So I thought, hey, let's have Martin back and let's do your card sucks. Yeah, so, you know, the last time we did it, it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek. You know, we were having fun saying, like, oh, man, this deck sucks. Like, these were playable decks. They were real decks yeah. in the format. Not not bad things, but, um, you know, sometimes in Pioneer, you're playing a deck, or in this case, we're talking about playing a card, and it's like, this isn't a good card, but it's just, right now, it's it. the best thing yeah. we've got available, and we're, we're sticking it in there because it makes it work, but... As far as raw power of a card, sometimes some mm. things just don't feel as good as other things we could be playing, you know, if we had access to better versions of that card that are existing in older formats mm-hmm. or that could exist one day. So um, that's kind of what we want to talk about is run through some of these Pioneer decks and just look at the cards that are, you know, the weak links, I yeah. would say, is reasonable. Yeah. And I, I would say that not every deck is bad. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's actually some decks in Pioneer, I think, that, I mean, in my opinion, that are playing all the best possible cards and we can discuss that you know in today's topic and do you guys want to start with that actually like what decks would you say are playing the best possible cards right now like are there any decks in pioneer that don't really need any upgrades what do you think on that martin um it's hard to say right like Upgrades are always arguable, however, I would say, like, one one of the first ones that comes to mind, like, in terms of, like, the main 60 is probably, um, Rakdos Midrange. Yes. Um, That's where my mind went as well. Yeah. You, know, you kind of think of Midrange as being just, like, playing the best cards at every mana cost. Fatal and, Push, uh, Thought Seize, those are the best removal, and, uh... Yeah, Dreadboard's, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Dreadboard's probably one of the best, like, removal spells in mm-hmm. terms of, like, two-color combination. Fable of the Mirror Breaker, in my opinion, yep. is, like, the second best card in the whole format. Yep. Um, behind Nickville, Shrine to Nix, I think that's the best card in the format. And then Fable's probably the second best um, there. And, and I think... Uh... I think it's not always true that this has been, you know, a perfect, you know, not perfect, but like not playing bad cards. Like I feel like when they were running Voldar and Epicure or something in the main deck, that yeah. felt like this kind of isn't really a great card, but it's fitting a role. Um, you know, I felt like Soren the Mirthless was always like not 
quite the optimal four drop. Like it, it certainly played its part, but it wasn't like this is the best version of a card we could have here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think like Soren's one of those kind of like definitely good and standard planeswalkers and if you're if you're solidly in black there's not really many better options in the four drop slot but one of the main issues you have with black is like do i play a planeswalker in this slot or do i play kalitas or do i actually now just play shieldred Mm. um because that card is that card's impressed me a lot like i thought it was good when i read it but i was like i'm just not gonna enter the battlefield effect so um but it's one of those cards that can just um it does exactly what it needs you to do in those decks because like you do have like a reasonable amount of pressure with the deck but not just not quite enough at times and like shieldred's like a must must Mm -hmm. kill threat because it just um it really thwarts a lot of decks like um a lot of the blue decks try and spin their wheels and it really punishes those decks like um if they don't have the the exact answers for it and i think like what it kind of does is kind of forces i've seen a lot of like blue red decks trying to go away from phoenix and i think that's just bad like one of the best things mm. about in my opinion one of the best things about arc like phoenix was it was one of the few decks that could actually play lightning axe and like lightning axe is such a good removal spell mm. well i don't think it's a good removal spell but it's the most efficient removal spell you really have in those color combinations because the biggest weakness was like red removal is just not um is very situational um so yeah that card like you have to think about this like those kind of cards like i think shieldred probably just takes the number one slot just now Mm. well and i think that it's also besides shieldred i think the other thing that gets replacing it is that we just go one further down on the curve and we play liliana the veil which wasn't available before yeah Mm -hmm. liliana the veil is obviously a very good planeswalker i know it's not quite the powerhouse it used to be but it's still very it's still a very good free drop planeswalker and i think it's i think it's because of power creep it's probably now at a kind of fair level of value for return in the in the planeswalker um Hmm. so yeah like red black is probably one of the decks i would say that is playing as optimal cards as it as it can and there's not really any I don't think it needs any more cards into that strategy. I think it's like completed. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. N- no pun intended with the Phyrexian set. But, yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could get better. I'm not saying that you know. Oh yeah. There's I mean, not gonna be a better print card printed in the future, but like with what it has right now, you really can't ask for anything better. Exactly. They could print Terminate. They could print like. Yeah. Like Lightning Bolt. They won't print Lightning Bolt into Pioneer, but they could. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not yeah. So let, let let's jump to a polar opposite, just so that people have an idea of exactly what we're talking about here. And we're saying like playing the best cards in each slot versus, you know, the opposite of that. Um, do either of you guys have what you would say is a great example of like this is a good deck, but it is playing some real bad cards in it? Well, uh, yeah. Well, or do we want to do like a lot of bad cards, or just like one or two bad cards? Because that's, a, that's it. A... Could be one or two. You know. It, you know, probably nothing's going to be running a lot of bad cards, like, or they just wouldn't be playing the deck. But uh, we we just talked some bad cards. We just talked about it. Um, yeah, I think Phoenix. I think wait, wait. Oh, Phoenix. Yeah, we can start with Phoenix. I was going to say my own favorite deck. But, well, that yeah, as well. Phoenix. Yeah, but like <laughs> yeah, Phoenix like, lost Express Iteration. Yeah. Only only in uh, Pioneer, right? Yeah. Yeah, so can... like it's playing like um, 
and it's not Cars. playing Serum Visions either, which is another kind of card that's that, that's. I, I don't know. I think like Consider and Opt are fine cards. Like yeah. I think they're perfectly serviceable. Um, I Thought think... Scour. Yeah, I mean, I mean it could be like this is an arguable upgrade, but there's there's mm. definitely it's not just all upgrade like those cards. Like there's definitely like Consider and Opt are situationally better than those cards, so it's definitely arguable. I think the cards that are like. Are just bad cards like strategic planning, like mm-hmm. mm. paying two mana to, yeah, like strategic planning is just like half a mana too expensive on rate. If that makes sense, like if it was one mana, it'd be insane, right? But like, yeah, two mana, it's just like, uh, it's quite a clunky card to. You're basically you're not really gaining any mana advantage, but you are technically like few kind of fueling your graveyard like to to can to cantrip at two mana it's just a bit kind of mopey and they have to play cards like fiery impulse which like mm-hmm. it's just it's just not that great a removal spell it's semi is it charm as well that yeah. that card well, i was very glad when it stopped seeing play when they were on the version with expressive iteration mm-hmm. and now it's kind of back mm-hmm. and i still don't love it mm. yeah and like cards like it's not a bad deck it's a good it's a good thing but like you like you said we're not playing the best cards no we're playing stuff like charter course which is like mm-hmm. fine like strategic planning which is kind of bad um fire mm-hmm. impulse i'm not a huge fan of um like just kind of like yeah just a bunch of like situational cards that can kind of you know, if you don't see them at the right time, they can just be really punishing. I think that's a great point. So, so I don't want to jump off of this. Um, you know, I would almost even say that pieces of the puzzle might fit in that same category because it's, you know, that's not a card that sees play in modern, at least as far Mm -hmm. as I know. Yeah. Um, It's it's really expensive. But here it, it, yeah, it's just, you know, three mana do nothing almost, but, but what's really nice about Phoenix specifically. And I think it's uh, a thing to call out is that they see so much of their deck that flexibility does end up equating to power in the Phoenix deck. You know, they have so many ways to loot away these cards when they're not good or to find them when they are good. Um, That makes a big difference. I feel like that's not true for most Pioneer decks where I, in most cases in Pioneer, I don't want flexibility over power. I would Mm -hmm. rather play a powerful card that's going to be good when it's good rather than playing something that's good in a specific case or, you know, great in a specific case even. And yeah. and it's like the best treasure cruise deck in the format. Yeah, not even close. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's I think it's basically the only treasure cruise, treasure deck. cruise deck in the <laughs> format. Like there's like prowess, like blue red prowess and stuff, but like it's just very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is reasonable, but like that deck suffered heavily for the loss of expressive iteration, like. Mm-hmm. The main issue I have with like expressive iteration going out of the deck is it becomes a lot more one dimensional. Like I felt like with expressive iteration you could play around um cards that punished you for drawing cards like Narset mm-hmm. now Shieldred. Like it just gave you a lot more like um it just made the deck a bit more dynamic. And obviously expressive iteration is like an absurdly good card. Like that's a uh, I, I don't yeah, we're not saying it was a bad ban, but yeah. it, it, no, I agree that it makes sense. It just, it just didn't make sense that they would print that card. <laughs> like, it didn't really make sense that they would print that card. Like, given how p- 
powerful red blue is in in like those color combinations are in both modern and legacy like it just didn't really make sense to me that they would mm. print that card in a standard set like just didn't make sense to me that they would print that card at all to be honest like um it's it's just so good so it makes perfect sense that they banned it in pioneer i think it probably will see bans in other formats some point i don't know i could see that so maybe mm-hmm. no. it, you know it is rare that they that they ban an enabler like that like that's one of the few times i could you know pick where they've really done that mm-hmm. so maybe it's not safe to say that they'll ban it in other formats um but maybe they should and it would be better you know people have complained like how many cards have gotten banned because of delver and legacy rather than banning like delver itself i think it sits on the fence with cards like teferi time raveler and modern like where it's just Hmm. like teferi time raveler is in a really weird spot in that format because it's almost like a safety valve for like the stupid decks like um right like rhinos that use like violent outbursts to cascade and stuff like that like i don't know but like the card itself is inherently flawed in terms of like how powerful it is um for for its rate um well we saw that in pioneer too we saw wilderness yeah. reclamation and teferi go in the same banning because uh you know they couldn't get rid of teferi without getting rid of wilderness wreck as well because it yeah. was definitely holding that deck back yeah a yeah, bit. yeah like like that's the issue teferi had in pioneer was it was and it, like clearly too powerful for the format however it was unfortunately a safety check for another equally as egregious card in the format so they like i think they made the right choice there like i know some people aren't are very like against bannings but i'm very much like pro bannings in terms of like when there's clearly a power imbalance and there's clearly cards that are too powerful for for what the the equivalent answers are or just like how they warp the format like mm-hmm. i think that's fair and i think those were fair bannings anyway yeah yeah i think my favorite bnrs of all time were you know right at the beginning where they said nothing banned and then banned some unfair things right away mm-hmm. and i was a big fan of the inverter ban and then probably my next one is that i love that they they tried unbanning both of nissa like i like those kind of changes yeah. I, I do want to call one more thing out just because we were talking about it earlier and i didn't get a chance to make a point um you're talking about opt in the phoenix deck where it is a reasonable card i think in phoenix uh back when control decks used to be running opt i hated that card uh for me that was the perfect example of like yes this stupid filler card it's putting a card in my graveyard and drawing me a card and that's all i need but i never ever ever liked it in those decks Mm. i was very glad when consider took it over and i want to say now that most you know blue white blue black control decks aren't even playing consider always so i'm very glad to see that uh uh, yeah uh, mostly i think blue black would play consider but i don't think blue white no, Maybe I should check a deck list here before I talk. No, but like, I, I'm glad to not see opt in those lists anymore because that's an, a perfect example of a card that was there just to fill a role that was yeah. very much suboptimal. It was just suboptimal in the sense that like you were only playing it because the best draw spells for those decks at the time <laughs> were dig through time, and it was just a cheap way to get a card in your graveyard. However, like arguably considers much better at that because you can. Although you you don't have the choice of like keeping the card in your deck, you basically get to have the option of putting two cards in your graveyard for one mana as opposed to um, one card. Um, yeah. However, like blue whites kind of move past that because deluge is good enough that you don't really need dig for time and it um, complements your cyborg plan of rest in peace a lot better. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah. 
So we've established a baseline here, I think. You know, uh, decks that are playing the best possible cards, you know, black, red, mid-range, and decks that are playing maybe one or two bad cards, for example, blue or phoenix, or say blue, red, phoenix. Um, I think that the list of decks playing the the best possible cards is rather small. So is it okay if we kind of just go through those real quick? Yeah. And then kind of you can go back to, I don't I don't know. I mean, blue-white control, is that something that is good or is that something you think that needs a little bit of work? Should we talk about that a little bit later? So, okay, if you, if, if, you, know, you say blue-white control and I say, hey, I want to talk about this card in it, are we going to stop or do you want to run through all of the ones you well, think Well, do you are... agree that it is at its best form, <laughs> yes or no? No. Okay, Absolutely so not. we'll, no, we'll, not we'll talk about that a little bit later then. Um, I would say okay. Mono Green Devotion is playing some of the best cards. You know, you have tons of Planeswalkers now. You got Karn is great. Um, you know, even Nissa when she's being played in there. You can play Teferi. You can play... I mean, I would say maybe the sideboard doesn't have great uh, choices, you know, for, for Karn's ability. But, uh, you know, you have, like, what, Mana Dorks. You got, like, eight Mana Dorks. Uh, you have the Troll. You have, you know, I mean, Cure as well, untapping stuff. I would say that that deck... Um, is playing the best possible cards um, right now. Would, would you guys agree or disagree? Um, in terms of the format, yeah, like I think, um, yeah, I think like Cavalier Thorns, Old Growth Troll, like, and all the Mana Dorks are like very good creatures um, for Pioneer. Like Old Growth Troll on its own is just such good rate for for three mana. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Like it's just. Old Growth Troll is just an example of power creep, right? And creatures. Like, you've got a 4 4 for green mana with Trample, which is would have been insane on its own, like, not that long ago, right? Mm -hmm. Not not insane, but, like, good. Like, good mm -hmm. enough to see play. Yeah. However, it doesn't die, it comes back. And, like, you keep the devotion. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just so. Yeah, keeping good. the devotion's huge. <laughs> yeah, it's just so good. Um, and then Cavalier Thorns is insane in the deck, like just being able to like bend the besiegers another, uh, sorry, bend the storm vessels, create get another land and have three devotion five six mm -hmm. reach. Like it's just it's basically unkillable in the format. It's really difficult to get rid of. Um, and then like yeah, I think there's maybe like Wolf Willow Haven. I would call out as mm. a card that's like. It's a weird card. Like it doesn't seem like it's a powerful card, okay. but I, I would put them probably closer to my list of ones that are you know fully playing the best cards they could be. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think so. Like my only like my only kind of exception with the deck is I think like the splash is unnecessary. Like I, I get it. Like mm. very slow sunset's nice, but like you're making the deck a bit more inconsistent for no reason. Like the deck's just good on its own as mono green. Like you don't really need to add like colors for different planeswalkers and stuff. I think that was a bit excessive. Yeah, they're just um, showing off. I, I agree. I just, people also get excessive with the sideboard. You know, when yeah, there's like four like, different combo lines, that's just yeah, like okay, well, just, <laughs> you, calm down. I think hmm. like people, people just like the deck was like completed like ages ago, and people are just trying to like reinvent the wheel with the mm -hmm. deck, and I don't really understand why. Like, obviously, you're gonna get some more value by playing extra colors, but you also have unnecessary and consistently like. They're playing like temple gardens and stuff, and I'm like, you don't need to play shocklands. Like, just play the, just because it's a lot of little nuance things. It's like, oh, what happens if I have to like wolf Wolfwell Haven a non basic land and then get it like field of ruined or something, or like just little marginal things that just don't mm. see how the upside is worth it. 
Mm. But I think you can easily just stick to mono green ramp and you'll be fine. Like I, just, I don't know. I just don't see the need for like the extra colors. I get it, mm. but I don't really at the same time. It's kind of whatever. Um, but yeah, I'd say like mono green is like there as well. Like I don't really have anything like that I would like critique about the deck, mm-hmm. to be honest. So yeah. Okay. Um, any other decks that you guys think belong in the uh, best possible cards uh, category? Um, hmm. maybe like you no know, recto sack might be close. Maybe like banned spirits, right? Like mm. playing all the Ooh. best spirits. I, I I had wanted to call out banned spirits because I felt like spectral sailor is one of those cards mm-hmm. that's been you know filling a position until somebody steps yeah. up on the bench. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. That's the only card in that deck I would probably say is is like noticeably you play underpowered you compared drop. to everything else. Yeah, yeah it, it's like... there because you need a one drop, and I, you know that I feel like that's the biggest reason why people have gone to mono blue is just because they get another strong one drop. Uh, you know, they get the the one that grows rather than just having mausoleum wanderer and spectral sailor. Yeah, maybe. Like, but the thing I like about spectral sailor is it gives you like some form of reach, like in the mid game. Like sometimes you just you just run out of gas and that card's like quite nice because it's so cheap and it's a nightmare to deal with because you don't really want to spend like a lot of like you don't really want to spend to kill it. yeah but like you're kind of forced to because it can draw a card and i don't know i think i think it has its place in the deck like i don't think it's i think like yeah maybe you don't want to play like three copies but i think like one or two is fine like i think uh i think that card like has a role in the deck and i think it's okay but yeah, I mean, it's not exactly the best card in the deck, but, like, I don't know. I never thought it was that bad either. I think it's a debatable one for sure. Like, okay. I think Remorseful Cleric's kind of bad. Like, a lot of them are playing a one-of Remorseful Cleric. Mm. And I think that card in the main is, deck? Yeah, I think that card's kind of really hmm. mediocre. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know before they used to play with the Watcher of Spheres, but I think most of the decks have cut that from now. Yeah, I don't know. I think a darker waste could mean that you could play Watcher of the Spears again, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that card's really good. Like, if you're on top with it, like, you just pretty much play everything slam the door sure. shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that's a card they should consider playing again. Mm-hmm. So I was really impressed with that. And my my friend, uh, Traft, who was, like, a big Spirits player, was, like, mm-hmm. super high on Watcher of the Spears. Like, it was just so good in that deck. Like, he yeah. just felt like he was insane. So... So do we yeah. have any any other decks that are playing the best cards? Probably not, right? I mean, How do you feel about Abzan Greasefang? What, what do you think there that's uh I think it's I think it's really close to being the best. I think, you know, maybe just like we need the uh was it Razor Verge thicket. You know, maybe to fix the land a little bit better. But otherwise I think it's fine. Yeah, you know, I think it, it's fine. I'm not a, I think I'm not a huge fan of Weatherbloom Command, but, like... that That's the card I was going to call it as like well. It's just really kind of, like... I think they need another, like... I enabler? Think missing another, yeah, like, a decent enabler, like, on, like, Grizzly Salvage level. Like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what else is out there, but, like, Stitcher Supplier is obviously bad. Um, yeah, I think they're, like, another enabler away from being, like, very good. I think a lot of them have dropped Stitcher Supplier, to be honest. Yeah, they have now. Uh, yeah, and I agree with that. I think it's just a bad card to be playing like it's so mopey 
Um, I do really like the Rafine's Informant in that kind of and role. And I also yeah. heard that a lot of people are playing Liliana in that deck too, so it's it's definitely a lot closer to being its best possible self, I think. Yeah, but I don't yes. think, like, I wouldn't say Liliana is like a, I think it's just another, like, reasonable enabler. I wouldn't look mm-hmm. too much into Liliana in terms of being, like, some sort of, like, alt-win con. It's just, like, a, a good card because you can, like, you have a lot of cards you want to fit, hit into the graveyard, so, like, the kind of, like, both players discard a card will yeah. almost certainly benefit well, you more than the opponent. I remember trying to play, like, the 7-6 uh, Rotting Regisaur in that deck, and I'm like, yeah. man, I would much rather have something like Liliana in there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I really just wish... Well, and I did want to specifically call out, you know, if we, I want to talk about Grease Fang because I think that the other variations of Grease Fang very much had that problem mm. where they had, you know, a strong main plan of Grease Fang bring back a Sky Sovereign or a Parhelion, mm-hmm. but that all the enablers were a lot weaker mm-hmm. um, and they just felt like they were playing weaker versions of the card. And that's I've, what made I've, those versions, for the most part, drop off, I think. I think, I think the main point is, like... Abzan has access to Esker's Chariot, right? Which gives you so mm-hmm. many more vehicles. Because I was like, I yeah. was doing some coaching with a player who who was playing Esper Greasefang, and I was trying to build a list. But every time I was looking at a list, I was like, it's just not as good as Abzan. Like, it just doesn't. You're not as consistent. Like, because like getting a Chariot down turn three with haste is still great. It's not going to guarantee win you the game on the spot, but it gives you a lot of advantage. Yeah, and sometimes like. It's just another way to like play a fair game. Like if I play Chariot on turn four, it's still good. Like whereas like the other decks you were like, oh play four Parhelion and like can only really fit one or two like Sky Sovereign, but I'm not really a huge fan of Sky Sovereign either. Like I think it's kind of like I think it's good, but I don't think it's like it's not gonna win you the game on its own kind of thing. Like if they slam it turn three, like obviously it's gonna be good against a lot of decks, but I feel like Chariot is almost like as impactful as that card. So well, you... I think Sky Sovereign is less all-in almost because, yeah, it's not going to win you the game with a single hit off of Grease Fang, but it's also just a good mid-range card sometimes. That's why we're seeing it, you know, it's seeing play in the 75 of stuff like Rectos mid-range. Yeah. No, no, and I agree with that. Like, I don't think it's... But I just think the deck has a lot more vehicles that are, like, good on their own. Whereas, like, Yeah, sorry, other... that was the point I was trying to make is that, you know, the green version can play that mid-range plan better because it has things like a Seekers Chariot as a fair mid-range card yeah, that's also improving your Grease Fang. Yeah, mm. just naturally. like That's why I think it's the best version. Um, but yeah, like Witherblown Command is the only one, and having to play like main deck Duress as well is kind of like, mm, whatever. I mean, I am not like, totally against Witherbloom Command uh, being in the main. I think it's actually a really good card because it always hits the uh, cards like um, Hearse that people are playing in the main. Um, it it has built in uh, anti hate, which is great. But I just don't like issue, all the modes. My main issue is it's never a four of. Mm. Like mm. it should, it, you sh- having to play as a four of is kind of like a concession, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like I don't think it's. I think it's a card you'd be happy to have like one to two copies of in the deck, like two copies mm-hmm. maybe. But like, you just rather it be something yeah. a bit more. Because you're clearly playing it for the mill effect, but you yeah. just rather that mill effect was better. Yeah, like, everything is. Yeah. I, I agree. Milling three cards there's, is not great. Yeah, there's times you play it and you're not happy with the modes you're having to pick. Like if you're yeah. milling three and draining two, yeah, like, like, you feel really bad. Mm-hmm. Like I played a, I played a bunch of Grease Fang and like 
every time I, most of the times I seen it, I was like, ugh, right. Guess we'll get a land back this turn and hope I somehow hit like one of my nine vehicles, which should still be relatively like hmm. reasonable, but technically the percentages aren't a guarantee. Um, yeah, I think like the Witherblown commands and like the duress, like playing duress mains, kind of like the not. I not never a huge played fan. duress in mine. But yeah, okay. Yeah, I see people playing dress me, and I'm just kind of like, okay. So, do you guys want to move on? I mean, if 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 we can agree, we yeah. have Rakdos yeah, mid, mono green, absent Parhelion. Those are pretty good. Those are pretty close to hat playing the best cards. And you know, we said Phoenix is is got some cards that are a little bit subpar. And you started to go into blue white control, Martin. So, do you want to tell us why that's not the best? Uh, not playing the best cards. Yeah, like I mean, I love blue white control, and I, I I think I think the deck is good overall. I seem to do well with it quite consistently, and I've noticed like some other people like Game Nasif still high on it. Um, Oscar Franco, uh, basically like won two challenges back to back Sundays with the deck. Um, like, and the main reason for that is that it just comes down to, I think. Blue Eye Control and Rakdos are both good at beating the random decks mm-hmm. and the random creature decks, like because it just puts your opponent in a nightmare situation where they don't want to overcommit to the board and get verdict, but they don't want to not commit. But if they don't commit enough, they get punished by Wandering Emperor. Mm-hmm. So like it's just mm-hmm. it's just a headache to play against. However, like the deck has definitely got its flaws. Like fundamentally, absorbs just not a good card. I don't like. In an ideal world, you don't want to play three mana counter spells. No one wants to play. Counter that's spells. that's exactly. See, I thought you were going to talk about some other cards, and I was going to say, yeah, the three mana counter spells have always felt like they're kind of waiting for us to bridge the power gap to the next level. Like once there is a two mana counter spell that you feel okay main decking, um, all of these are just going to go away. Exactly. Like, I, and I don't know if it's the like i'm really tempted to try make disappear in the deck i just don't know if it's good enough um like make your opponent pay too like there's a lot of decks that can't really play around it that well like rakdos cannot play around that card well at all in my opinion um that's with with casualty yeah okay it's kind of like it's like a obviously it's not mana leak mana leak would be really good um, I wonder if Mana Leak is. I wonder if Mana Leak is the power level that we can have in Pioneer. Like, what do you guys think? I think we're close. Yeah, to it's it. it's really tough. Yeah. I think like yeah, I think I'm hoping they. I don't know. Mana Leak's a weird one. I think Mana Leak is. I think Pioneer could incorporate Mana Leak, but I think a lot of people it'd be very easy for them to say no. Too good. Um, because Mana Leak's not powerful enough anymore in modern. Mm-hmm. But is it? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like cards like Mana Leak and Path to Exile. These are the ones that kind of toe the line of like, are these cards Pioneer power level? Or are they just too powerful for Pioneer? Like, are they somewhere between modern and Pioneer? Like, I don't know. Because at some point, people would have thought that about Liliana of the Veil, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe people thought Liliana of the Veil was too good for Pioneer, but it's here now. So, maybe these cards? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think we, I think we've talked about it before. You know, we were like, you know, it's it's a good thing they didn't go one back, one set further back with Innistrad because we were like, oh, you know, then we'd have had Thalia that have had to get banned. We'd had Liliana that probably would have been banned. We'd have Gristlebrand and stuff like that. I mean, some of those are probably still true, but you know, Thalia's been just fine. Liliana's been just fine, mm. and uh, the format's been in a better, you know, in a good place with them. Exactly. So I think like. Yeah, I think like absorb is just like it's just not where I want to be. Um, I think I like sensor. I think sensor's fine. Like sensor is like really flexible, and it's very cost efficient. Um, no issues with that. Um, Supreme verdict's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Teferi, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. M- yeah, March of the Otherworldly Lights kind of like ugh, wish this was something better. Um, like Path to Exile probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like I t- if if Manlands weren't so good in Pioneer, March would be a bad card. But like because they are, I like March a lot. <laughs> so it's tough there. But I know where you're coming from. Yeah, well, I think like that's where like Path would be fine, right? Like you just path their Manland, and then they get another land tapped. Like I think that's I think most people are okay making that trade. Mm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's why I'd like. Yeah, I think like. I'd rather get to play like mana leak and path to exile over the absorbs in the the marches. I think portable hole as well is like a card I don't want to have to play a four of. And um I think the card needs like a card like timely reinforcements in the sideboard as an option. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, we I had the okay. sunset revelry, but no one uses it. It's just <sighs> I don't know. It's a little bit, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's Lower impact. Yeah, on rate, you think, well, you're paying one less mana, but, like, I don't know, it's just, it doesn't quite do enough. Like Two bodies instead of three bodies, and four life instead of six life, and... The draw card is more more often irrelevant, because you're wanting it against more creature-efficient decks, more Mm -hmm. efficient decks, like aggro, so the draw card rarely ever comes up. You you're not really gonna bring it in against like Rakdos because like all their creatures just body the tokens. The tokens are kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And yeah, drawing a card, but like you spent two mana to kind of not. Do it's it a no lot. Bone Crusher Giant. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Do you guys want to move on to some more decks? I mean, yeah, let's move on to another yeah, deck. I think yeah. we, we, we talked a lot about control there. Um, yeah, apart, let me apart let me do another one, and because we, we kind of already talked about uh, lightning bolts and pioneer, and I think mono red is one of those decks where you know it's playing lightning strike instead of lightning bolt, and really this is the only deck that would really really benefit from having bolt and pioneer. I know bolt would just take over and become every red's red removal spell, like all the fiery impulses would be gone, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, in the format, but Mono Red definitely needs a little bit more damage, and it's missing that. So that yeah, would be like, a deck that is a little bit subpar right now. What do you think about Lava Spike? Which one's at the four damage? No, Lava Spike deals three da- one mana deal three damage to target opponent. Is that a sorcery? Lava Spike in the yeah. Lava Spike could be cool in the format. Okay, yeah, I can see that's a, it's a that's a fair trade off, I would say. Yeah, I think Lava Spike might be might be okay to have in the format. I say mm-hmm. that with caution. Like Burn is like a very Burn is like a, a a deck that you need to be very cautious about, if you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. 
slight upgrades could have massive impacts. Yeah. Like, Luris having a massive impact on Burn. Um, obviously, that's not a slight upgrade. Luris was, like, insane. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, um, so things like Play With Fire, which allow you to scry, is kind of, like, an acceptable upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, but cards like Fanatical Firebrand, I mean, come on. Like, cards just not good. Yeah. They really want Goblin Guide, don't they? Yeah, I was thinking maybe. I don't know, they, I think with if, with the more burn version, you're probably fine. Um, you know, because you have what? Soulscar, you have... Uh, um, what's the other one? Uh, Monster Swift Spear. You got all stuff that has, like, uh, prowess on it. I, I think that's that's fine. Yeah. Goblin, yeah, but Goblin Guide would also be a goblin, so yeah. that would be nice. True, yeah, true. Goblin Guide would be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, not sure if it's too good. Don't really know. Um, card is in terms of creature power level, it's probably acceptable. I mean, we do have the chick now, the one one. Yeah, haste. but I mean, dealing one and dealing two is huge, right? Yeah. Like, Especially in a game of numbers. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so. Yeah. Anything else uh, you'd like to see in mono red, or do you think? it's again like i always exercise with caution like i think like mm-hmm. you need to be kind of careful about what like burn spells you bring into the format and mm-hmm. um i think like i think lava spike might be something that they may like consider but i don't know if it's too good mm. it's kind of hard to kind of hard to evaluate like lava spike and goblin guide um are the two that would maybe like think about um, okay. Lightning bolts weren't. Lightning bolts never come into to Pioneer. It's just yeah, no, they just no. they just can't. Kevin, I mean, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I just think they just cannot have that card in the format. The card's just yeah. way too good. Yeah, Kevin, I was gonna ask you. You were talking about uh, sack earlier. Um, do you want to continue on that next? Or do you have anything yeah, to say Yeah, you know, about I brought Red? it up as a deck where I'm pretty happy with all the cards. Like, I don't think there's anything that I'm like, oh, I'm playing this dinky little, you know, Stitcher Supplier kind of thing. You know, we're, we're not playing so much of those anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that that's a deck that, you know, because it's kind of so synergy-based, mm-hmm. everything in the deck sort of all works together. Um, I don't feel like there's any obvious, uh, anything that stands out to me as being a card that's weak for the format uh, you might have a different opinion here but i no. thought it's at least you know it's a reasonable deck based on synergy but is I it think... playing the best possible cards you think i i think so right like yeah. lucky witness is pretty yeah like it's just one of these decks that like i don't really know what it just power level maybe yeah like the power level's there i mean they play um i I have a suggestion. The Serial Seer, the one mana, uh, one one sacrifice a creature and scry. Viscera Seer, yeah, that I mean that card would help so many decks in Pioneer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Viscera Seer would be insane. Like then maybe instead of Priest of the Forgotten Gods or something. Or Carrion Feeder, you can give us both if you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I so. think. Uh, yeah, there's not really kind of like the, none of the cards are like. It's kind of hard to evaluate synergy decks, right? Because on the surface mm-hmm. of it, a lot of the cards look bad, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of... I think that's kind of a hard deck to evaluate, like, properly. Um, yeah, Jury's kind of out with that one for me. Um, I mean, we have a lot of decks to go through. Do you guys just want to pick, like, two or three yeah. and just maybe talk, like, about one or two cards that you think are not as good in there? 
Yeah, we can totally. Talk, we can talk like enigmatic fires. I think like what's interesting. What's 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 underpowered? Um, unbridled abundant growth. It should have like it really wants abundant growth. And same with five color mm. nev. Kind of really wants abundant growth. But like the fires deck has Nylia's presence, which oh okay, it kind of synergizes well with the leyline binding. But like mm-hmm. realistically, like for the longest, it definitely wanted like abundant growth and not Nylia's presence. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I do think the deck was playing more of Wolf Willow Haven before the synergy with leyline binding. Yeah, but I, I do agree that it, it does seem like there could be a better you know, enchanted land, improve it kind of card. Yeah. And I think Nev was pretty much the same, like, um, because it's these decks that really, like, <laughs> they were crying out for fetch lands, which will never happen, so, like, <laughs> they've got to kind of use cards that kind of smoothen their mana as much as they can, and obviously the more efficient, the better. So, yeah, like, Abundant Growth for me, for those two decks, I think. Okay. Um, you got another in Kevin, or you want to talk about one real quick? Um, I was going to say Elves, just because yes. it's been popping up, is that they're playing a couple things, like, you know, they want a third one-drop, really, and nothing else quite lives up to Elvish Mystic Lana or Elves. They're playing, like, you know, just Ferris Fentanyl. Yeah. Uh, I think that some of the three-drops are kind of medium. Like, I haven't liked Circle of the Dream Druids much. They need the other... What was the three-mana, plus one, plus one, and all? Uh, you get to add a mana for each Elf you control. Elvish Arch Druid or yeah, something like that? Yeah, that definitely would be a, a good upgrade for Elves. What's the what's the stupidly good elf? Is it Azuri Elzuri or something? No, uh, with oh, the Azuri, trample, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe we get that yeah, back. That was also an overrun effect. No probably a new version it. of it. I probably wouldn't be a reprint. Yeah. but we'll see. Yeah, because I mean, like outside of like, um, what's the stupid uh, nature? What's it called? Back to nature. Outside of those kind of stupid mm. cards, like I think the creatures on their own are probably fine, right? Like most of the elves that have been printed are fine, right? In general, mm-hmm. it's just like the stupid. Oh like, yeah, yeah. It's just like um, Green Sun Zenith and Back to Nature, right? Oh, not Back to Nature. You mean um, Natural uh, Order? Natural Order. Yeah, that's the one. It's like those cards that allow them to get like World Spine Worm or something ridiculous. Like obviously that's gonna sh- like if we can take away. Yeah, we don't have it, but we don't have um, you know, not having. Uh, what's the giant overrun creature that they always grab in elves? Um, we really don't have a good version of that in Pioneer. You know, I've seen people play things like Decimator of the Provinces or uh, Forerunners of the whatever, and they're just not really the same kind of effect. They're they're not um, the beast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say another deck that I think is, is really lacking. Uh, we were talking about uh, Goblin Guide earlier, and I think that would actually be great for Goblins. I think Goblins is missing another good one-drop, um, yeah. the Pioneer version. like it's People are playing the... Uh, Muskrick Prospector's fine, I think. Battlecry... Or not Battlecry, what's the other? Uh, Foundry Street Denizens may be fine, but the one that, uh, that pings, um, I don't like that so much. Like I Fanatical feel like people... Brand. Which one? Fanatical Fire. Yeah, we're talking about Fanatical Fire. Yeah, like I'd I'd rather just have like maybe four Goblin Guides, I think, in that deck. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think all the tribal ones are quite obvious. Like, yeah. Clearly. Um, I think that's where I was going to go to. Humans needs another Lord, maybe? 
if you're, if you're playing mono white i don't know i don't it's know tough what, to say what humans needs i don't think humans needs anything i think humans is good enough yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's powerful. Like it's been doing really well in a lot of like tournaments. Like when I played the mana traders, in the top eight, the top three were humans. Mm. Oh like, wow! I yeah. got I got smashed by humans in the quarters because I stumbled, um, and it's just like it's just good enough. Like I think it's fine. Like I think humans, I think humans is on the similar level as like spirits, where it's like I don't really think it needs anything else. I think mm. it's just like ultimately like. Yes, I mean they could get Drog Skull Captain or they could get this and that, yeah. but like ultimately like they're very competitive decks and sometimes they will be tier one, sometimes they won't, just based on like where the meta is. Like ultimately like these like tribal um strategies have to have inherent flaws, otherwise like they're just unfair, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of examples of where they've kind of had that problem in pioneer and it's not so much that they're seeing play with a bad card in them and it's kind of just that they're not seeing play because they don't have and it's mostly one drops i think you know like vampires was a good card but mm-hmm. they don't have a second one drop they've mm-hmm. kind of got one yeah and uh and that keeps That's them down you know example. i was looking at things like clerics and kevin uh, you know some of the other new ones that we've been seeing you kevin you used to like be a um i would say a proponent uh, a supporter of mono black aggro it is kind of back now but is it in its best form like what's it missing uh i would say the yeah, one drops you know, are kind of eh we have ebon legion and it's like the other the second one drops like i guess you have the sleeper now is good maybe does it want more though like what what's what, what are we missing from it i just think that you know what was always nice about mono black is that mono bases weren't that great in pioneer mm-hmm. so mono red and mono black were really strong decks because they could be aggro but they got to play a mid-range game just on the basis of the power of their mono base mm. you know playing um things like mutavault playing castle lockthwain as like a three or four of and now decks like red black can be a true mid game deck and still run a very greedy mana base you know run a lot of utility in their lands so they're able to keep up while just being like a better deck overall at least that, that's kind of how i feel about it i don't think it's um you know not viable or anything like that but i think that what made them so strong is no longer quite as true all right i have another question for you guys sorry i'm, I'm just kind of like taking control here we've talked no, a lot for we talked a lot about lotus field and how it's just not good anymore on this podcast and why you know what what why is it is it because it's playing bad cards or is just because it's hated out what would you guys say like why Um, isn't lotus combo good anymore i don't think it's it's hard to say like what's good and what's not good it just depends on where you are in the meta game like i think like is it playing its best decks or best best cards um Compared to what it has available, I think so. Like, I mean, its best card got banned, right? But, like, um, I think ultimately it's just it can't ever... We can't ever get to the position with Lotus Field that it's, like, good against aggro, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking too, yeah. Otherwise, it should just be banned. The, the deck has to have... <laughs> yeah. Just the nature of the strategy, it has to have inherent flaws, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that the deck... Um, the deck is just really powerful and really really good when it gets running but it's just slightly not quite consistent enough it has to mulligan and then it also has the 
if you're on the draw, then good luck being any of the linear aggro strategies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a big change that we've seen recently. You know, humans wasn't really a deck two, three seasons ago. You know, Boros aggro wasn't really a thing. We didn't really have Mono Red in the place it is right now. Spirits, I think, was a little bit on the downswing. You kind of just had Winota at that point, mm-hmm. and uh, now there's a lot more different aggro decks. And yeah, I think that's definitely the weakness of that list. Okay, yeah, one more deck. It's also, yeah, also, go ahead. It's also just I think it doesn't have the best mono green matchup either. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, that deck has access game one to hate cards. Uh, we've definitely mentioned that before. That mm-hmm. you know, Karn does a lot to shut down Lotus combo. Yeah. Yeah. So one more deck um, that I think is kind of running subpar cards right here, and I'm, I'm guessing it is, and that's in Soul Aggro. It seems like Oof. it's it goes back and forth between between being powerful and like not powerful. I mean, is this a metagame thing? I mean, it would seem like it matches up well, except against Liliana, of course. If you have a 5-5 indestructible, that really doesn't matter if you have to sacrifice it. But, um, yeah, what do you guys think? Is Insul Aggro something that just needs better cards, or is it just being hit out by the uh, the metagame? I think it needs better cards, right? Like, it it doesn't really have a replacement for Lurus, right? Like, Lurus was, like, such a powerful component of that deck. Like, Boros Aggro has seen some play because it can kind of mimic a Lurus effect post-board with Showdown of the Skulls. Mm-hmm. But, like, Lurus... Um, Insul just doesn't really have anything, right? Like, I don't know. Like, you have to play a lot of really bad cards, like Omnithopter, but then your mm-hmm. good cards don't make up for that. I just feel like the good cards in the deck don't make up for having to play these mopey cards. Like, um... What's the one mana spring leaf drum and stuff like? Yeah, you're playing like eight cards that do literal nothing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what what what's your top end like? The two mana enchantment that gives an artifact. For example, like in modern, you have um, Urza's Saga, which is just yeah. an insanely powerful card. You just don't have that in the format. And Ravager, I think also you know Ravager, Ravager Ballista. Yeah. Ravager Ballista Moxel. So it needs more higher impact banned. cards. Yeah, you would need... I think if you had Ballista back, it would be good, but, like... Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, it's not quite aggro enough to be able to go just linear underneath everything, and it's not... It, it doesn't have a mid-range game at do, all, really. Do you guys think we'll see Ballista back? I'd like to. I would hope so. Do you think it should stay with with the Heliod combo, or do you think they should ban Heliod? See, I think it's worth testing it again. Mm. I think that Heliod really? combo might have enough answers now. Especially a lot of people playing Karn, that would stop Ballista right out. Well, I, I think that it might... I would be more interested in, like, if something like Mono Green got taken down a notch, Karn do decks bet, were less common, do, then I'd be more interested in Ballista being do, allowed back. My my main concern with bringing the Heliod combo back is Heliod combo has access to Thalia, which mm. would be my biggest concern. Nice. Like... <laughs> like I think, uh, yeah, exactly. Like that's the main issue I have with bringing Heliod back because it was a it was a creature based strategy, and giving that creature based strategy Thalia. Is there like cleric class or paladin class as well that like it's a one mana enchantment that makes uh opponent spells cost one one more on your turn? So I think like, like, you have that and Thalia, yeah. it's like plus two. You would not be able to interact with the combo I so think... much. Yeah, I don't think that card would see as much play, but, like, definitely, like, Thalia is just, like, good on its own, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Like, I don't think you need to have, like, situational cards to protect the combo. Like, yeah. it's mainly about, like, what's the what what kind of reasonable creature strategy can I play that has this combo finish 
that puts I mean, my it was, on edge. Yeah, Mono White was That's always fair. like a mid-range I, I deck. Think, so. I think what's interesting, I feel like it's the most untested of the, you know, the big bannings of that time because it kind of felt like the combo deck that was there to prey on other combo decks. You know, it was running main deck Gideon because of the great matchup against the inverter decks of the time. And it's hard to say exactly how much of that power translates to a completely different meta. And we also have a lot of you can't gain life cards in the the meta game now. You know, yeah, we had. But... My... Yeah, I don't want to have to be playing those in like the sideboard yeah, of red black my, or something my like opinion, that. My opinion is like all the combos in Pioneer right now are quite expensive and very mm. like disruptive but expensive. My issue with that combo is you can literally like. It's, it's very efficient and cheap and the creatures have impact the two pieces of the combo have impact on their own mm-hmm. like the combos you have in pioneer like if you draw those cards they're dead draws like i'm talking about the um the creativity combo mm. like yeah. as in like you, if you draw the creatures in the creativity combo you have to find ways to get them back into your deck like it's very like um very situational whereas like those two combo pieces are arguably Heliod, but like Heliod's still fine. Like Heliod's not a dead card on its own, if you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. it still can interact with your creatures. But like, I don't know. And then you have It's like, also worth noting that that deck will also be able to run the book combo, which yeah, would attack a completely to... different access. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you could you could potentially run like multiple combos in the same deck. They've gotten March. They've gotten you know they can yeah, maybe play the new Wandering Emperor. Like just, yeah, I could see that being a pretty nasty deck right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I think I don't know. I'm 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 not. Uh, I don't really think they should unban one without banning the other. I think it would have to be a conditional one ban. But who yeah, knows? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know how we got to this conversation. Yeah. This is a, <laughs> a totally different yeah. direction yeah. we yeah. might um, take exactly. this episode. But I do like the conversation, so I'm glad you brought it up. I know there's still a bunch of decks that we could go over. I think we talked about a lot of the main ones, though. Do you guys want to just move on to the last part? Yeah, or is yeah definitely. And, you know, I, I'm happy to say, like, if anyone later is listening and is like, hey, you know, I've got this deck. I really like it. What are the cards that, you know, are not good in it you know either that's something that's you're a fun deck of yours or Mm -hmm. just like uh if you're playing something a little bit off meta we're happy to help evaluate and kind of say like oh you know like this is a card that's okay but it's kind of just filling a role um keep an eye on it in the future and if they print a better card this is the card that's going to go bye bye so my last part for today's topic um i want to talk about our at home cards. When I talk about at home cards, I'm talking about you know, you know, well we have this card in in Pioneer. No, 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 it's this card at home. For example, um, you know, we 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 have a three damage instant spell in red. You know, lightning strike, but lightning strike is lightning bolt at home basically. So what would you say are are some uh, maybe you don't have to do top five, maybe like two or three cards that we have in Pioneer that are kind of a, they kind of pale in comparison to, to better cards in other formats. What would be your guys' top three? Um, Kevin? Or yeah. That's a tough question here. Uh, let, me, let me think about it I mean, for a minute. Um, you guys Martin, go. you were talking about a white, the, um, the white card, the March. Would that be one of oh, yours? Yeah. For me in Pioneer, March feels like um, Path Exile at home. Exo. And I think uh, Fable mm. Passage is Prismatic Vista at home. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if I wonder if they could 
bring in Prismatic Vista to Pioneer, but eight fetch lands is probably too much. Because mm. I think um, it would make home. It, another one I was thinking of, uh, Field of Ruin is kind of tech edge at home. Well, really? more Ghost Quarter at or home. Or more I Ghost think. Quarter at home. There we go, Ghost Quarter. Yeah, yeah. I would rather have Ghost Quarter. I would love to have Ghost Quarter. Uh, I don't know. I think there's definite ups and downsides. I think Field of Ruin's like... I think Field of Ruin's like... It's kind of like opt versus consider, right? Like, it's not mm. a strict upgrade, but like, it's arguably better. It's more mana intensive, um, though. It, it's kind of in the right place. You know, we don't have lands that are like must answers mm-hmm. like where they completely control the game but it's nice to be able to answer them yeah. you know, here and there kind of like how graveyard trespasser doesn't exile the whole graveyard but hitting a card or two takes down certain decks a notch so okay. it's a nice balance where you don't need the like i'm gonna sacrifice my entire land to get rid of this one thing that matters um it's okay to trade you know value of their opponent's lands for just some of your mana okay Okay, any other uh, cards? Any other at-home cards you guys can think of? Um, you know, I kind of feel like Mystical Dispute is sometimes like, uh, what is it, Pyroblast at home? Mm, but yeah. it's, it's funny where it's just like, I'm going to bring this in just for this one matchup, but it's kind of, you know, three mana. Kind oh, of, sort of. No, I like, I like my uh, three mana mana leak against Mono Green, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but you, Martin, think, you have any? Um... I think like Soul Guide Lantern is what's the card in the other formats? Oh, uh, Relic, Relic of Progenitus. Do you think that's I think a good that, one? That's a good one. I think that card is. I think that card can be in Pioneer. Relic of Progenitus. Yeah, there's nothing good. wrong with that card. That wouldn't be Pioneer playable. Definitely yeah. to reprint. So expensive. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I had I, loads. Here, I have another good one. Uh, Golden Goose is Birds of Paradise at home. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you play it in no. any fair applications where you're not caring about the sacrifice, uh-huh. so that's a little bit. But you can only use it mm. once, basically. I think like the decks that play Golden Goose prefer that to Birds of Paradise. However, having Birds of Paradise in the format would be hilarious. Mm. Well, especially, and I in... don't, I don't want Birds of Paradise. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You know, Omnath and Pioneer is Omnath and Modern at home uh, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, we don't have fetch lands. Oh, it's, it's so insane that that card is just not playable in Pioneer, or it is playable, it just doesn't see play. Mm. But I think, yeah, it's I, think never, I think it's, it's been a while since it's been in a good spot. I think it's it's just a combination of like the mana constraints in Pioneer means that four colors so much plus like not getting the payoffs that you get in Modern. Like because obviously Omnath and Modern is insane. Like it's it's probably too good. But like um, in Pioneer, like it's just like too expend. It's too much, too mana intensive. Can't support the mana base, and it draws me a card and gains me some life if it sticks around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas as soon as you get to fetch, it's just like and it's a completely different card. Mm. Like yeah. Um, as I said before, Nihilus presence is abundant growth at home. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, funny. What else yeah so there's definitely a lot of subpar cards uh in pioneer right yeah. now we're saying basically so i think this yeah. proves our points right yeah, yeah, yeah. this is definitely but the issue is like that's the beauty of the format like it's just it's kind of like i mean is this want... yeah i guess is that a good thing you know if we had all the best oh, cards, i love it people, i love pioneer with people <laughs> no we don't want the best play. cards <laughs> but i mean if we had like all the best cards would people only play those cards and would we not see any innovation if we didn't if you only had the good cards 
I don't know. It's it's basically like, what do you want the format to be? Mm-hmm. Do you want the format to be literal modern, except without fetch lands, or do you want it to be a power level below modern? Mm. Because like, oh yeah, the only the only thing that needs to be sorted in Pioneer is the balance of the mana bases. Yeah, like we need them as once we get the mana bases fully balanced, mm-hmm. and every color combination has access to the same level fetch of mana. land or not fetch lands, but like fast mm. lands and pain lands and yeah. Yeah, it's basically like the the opposite. Whatever the is it the allied fastlands we're missing. Yeah, we need the allied fast. Once we get yeah, the allied yeah. fastlands and stuff like that, then like I think I think that will put the finishing finishing touches to like if you want to play a three color deck, you mm-hmm. can play any three color deck. I don't know if that will ever happen. It seems like Pioneer seems to be like you're just playing like one or two colors. You're only playing a third color if you're like, either you need it to like, do something ridiculous like Abzan Greasewang or like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, like some of the tribal decks. You can play Naya Zoo finally next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like ending kind of on this positive note, yeah. and I think that that's a nice point. Is that I love the fact that you play subpar cards in different strategies at different times. Like I love that we're playing Fiery Impulse, and we don't always have to go to Bolt. Because sometimes you'd rather have Strangle, sometimes you'd rather have Lightning mm-hmm. Hacks. Um, you know, maybe we'll find another chance for Fiery Temper or uh, um, a million other things that we've got. You know, we see Light Up the Stage or mm-hmm. Light Up the Night. What, what, no, what is the uh, the the Shock variant? Like we we just have so many like Shock variants and things like that. And they see play in different decks. They see play at different times. Um, people can change them up based on what the meta looks like. And mm. I love that. That's my one of my favorite things about Pioneer. And I never want that to change. Yeah. Okay. Never change Pioneer. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> All right. You want to end it but there? But if Kevin? things do change, yeah. if things do change and you want to know about it, the best thing to do is to go ahead and follow us at MTG Pioneer because you'll stay up to date with everything new that's going on in Pioneer. We tweet out all kinds of Pioneer content and retweet lots of Pioneer other information. You can also find a link to our Discord there where you can stay more in touch with us, chat every day, find out stuff that's happening, see links to uh, deck lists, all that kind of stuff. All right, and yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Yo Japan Hobbyist, and I'm also very active in the Discord. I've seen a lot of people coming in and chatting recently. Really enjoyed talking with all of you. Hopefully, uh, you know, you guys will uh, bring more of your friends or just uh, you know become more active. We love having a, the community. We love you, uh, you guys. So, thanks for uh, th- for listening. And uh, Martin, how about you? Any uh, shout outs or promotions today? Uh, yeah, as always, if you can catch me on Twitter at uh, Harry13SCO. That's Sierra Charlie Oscar. Um, I also started streaming again for the first time in ages. You can find me on Twitch TV forward slash Harry13SCO. And if you like my content and you know you want to support, feel free to jump on my team's um, Patreon, Tag Team 9. You can find us on Twitter as well. You can find that through my Twitter. But uh, yeah, that's all from me today. Yeah, but they've also been putting out some Pioneer content with their own Mm -hmm. uh, podcast, so make sure to listen to that as well. Oh yeah, Attack Talk as well. Yep, definitely. (laughs) All right, well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you coming on for the show, and I think this was a fun topic, so thank you, Ryan, for bringing it to us. Uh, You guys have anything else to add? Otherwise, we are your first Pioneers podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer Generation Online. And we are subparring out. No, we're not sucking. Making that a verb. We're not now. sucking. <laughs> we're not sucking out. I said yeah, we're, we're subparring out, which I'm not sure if that's a word. <laughs> we're making it one for today. All right.